Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, we are back with another Weekly Jump uh, after our hiatus to go through the epic punching journey of Megalobox. <laughs> Uh, I yeah, think it was awesome. It was a lot because you know usually for weekly jump we watch three episodes and for this almost twenty, <laughs> but they were really good. It was super fun and it was also really fun to have Jeremy on. Yeah, for real. So uh, what we are going to be covering this week is going to be a very very strange show and then a very very bizarre manga. You know, Ooh. You get it. Although I would say, let's do the manga first. Probably. Uh, my biggest problem with this is the fact that we have watched this already. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought that would be interesting and I think it was. So do you, do you want to head into it or do we have any other business first? Uh, I do have news that I wrote down. Usually we do that on the Friday pods, but I just found out about it last night. So maybe I mention it here and also on the Friday pod. Okay. What What's your news, Blake? Uh, the mangaka for Berserk has died unexpectedly. Oh, yeah. I heard about that last uh, night, too. Yeah. Kentaro Miura, he had, uh, I don't have it in front of me. It's some sort of heart issue. Someone on a Reddit comment said that it was basically a heart injury that is uh, so bad that you can't recover from it. It sounds like, to me, it was probably probably something that they something that kind of happened suddenly like a heart attack or a stroke or something like that but uh, i might be super misinterpreting that it could be like a chadwick boseman type situation where they knew but we didn't mm-hmm. but uh yeah it, it is a very sad news um you in the anime and manga community may be familiar with the berserk manga it's been running for a long time it is kind of similar to hunter x hunter very famous for the mangaka taking long breaks and uh, the fandom wondering when or if it's ever going to be finished. Uh, so the sad news is that the manga is not finished and now he's died. Uh, I know some people were pointing out Wheel of Time, which is a, a long running, very famous fantasy series, not a manga series, just a fantasy, like a Western fantasy novel series. Uh, and the author of that also died before the, the series was completed, but he left such extensive notes that another author was able to come in and write the last three books and complete the series. So, um, you know, there are some people hoping that that's the situation with, um, with Berserk, but, uh, either way it is super sad. The guy, um, I've read a little bit of Berserk. It, it's famous for, um, for having exceedingly detailed artwork. Uh, it has a couple of anime adaptations of varying quality. Uh, I would say that's probably not the best way to experience it. If you're curious about the series, I would definitely recommend the manga more so than I usually do. I, I usually think you can pick whichever one is easier, but uh, not having seen the Berserk anime adaptations, I have heard very negative things from the YouTube anime people that I follow. So uh, I would caution against those. But yeah, Berserk is a, a long running uh, beloved series. I will also say it's pretty adult and includes some content warning stuff. So if you're sensitive to that, I would do some Googling before you jump into it. Uh, it's very 
to me, it's very much a little bit higher fantasy kind of Game of Thrones where it's pretty dark and everything's pretty serious and some really fucked up shit happens that uh, usually would be uh, not appearing in other series or by far the worst thing that happens in those series. But it, uh, that kind of stuff happens much more routinely in Berserk uh, in the same way that a lot of bad stuff happens to people and to even characters that you like in Game of Thrones. Um, so if that's your jam, check it out. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I would say now's a good time to to look at his work now that uh, now that he's passed on, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that being said, we have another long-running manga that we need to talk about. <laughs> um, this one is of our page flips for the week. It is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1, Phantom Blood. Um, for everyone who is listening that has listened to our JoJo's coverage and wondering why we would ever come back to JoJo's, um, I would say that uh, I did not expect to start reading this this week, and Blake sprung <laughs> it on me. Uh, I was so so furious that I literally spit on the floor um, <laughs> and burned an effigy in his name. Um, Look, the, the Microsoft Excel sheet with the titles of all manga available on viz.com that I have randomized giveth, and it taketh away. Well... Uh, Here's the thing about this. So, from reading the manga and also watching the anime, I was left with two things. First, Phantom Blood, the manga, is inferior to the anime. (laughs) Okay. And I didn't love the anime, but the motion in which the story is told inside of the anime makes it much more digestible than the manga, in my opinion. And the biggest reason why is that I don't... I, I don't I don't know if I've ever really enjoyed the art style for JoJo's, um, but when it is in not in motion um, in the manga form, um, it is worse, in my opinion. Um, Interesting. Like... Okay you know, take it, take it as you will. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, I will not be agreeing with you. (laughs) Look, look, I'm saying it's my opinion. It's not, it's not both of our opinions. Um, but I'm pointing that out because we're about to have contrasting opinion when it's my turn. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just telling you right off the bat though, that I didn't, I didn't enjoy reading the manga. And with that being said, one of my favorite parts of Jojo's that we covered inside of our coverage was the very start of Jojo's bizarre adventure. Um, which was like the the very start Phantom Blood arc. Um, and I, I thought that it was really interesting and uh, fun to watch. Um, and it did a lot of kind of cool things that I wasn't expecting. Um, and instead of that, uh, with the manga, I felt like uh, I was retreading the same paths, but in a slower and more boring version of it even though it is still just as ridiculous as the anime and like yeah i i would say i would say that people that are like oh is the manga better than the anime i would say it's only better in the sense that i enjoyed watching it move more than i enjoyed watching it on a panel and mm. I think the biggest reason why I preferred it on a watch instead of it on a panel is that I don't think 
I don't think that the manga creator for JoJo's does as good of a job as a lot of other manga creators at showing movement on the page. Um, his his images felt uh, like like shock silhouettes more than they felt like you know, uh, a moving sequence that I could just kind of like set to motion in my head. And a good representation of something like that that I have recently been reading was Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen does a phenomenal job at showing motion inside of the inside of the manga um, and showing you like what is happening and like a very snappy you know, like you're at this moment, then you're at this moment and it will kind of like surprise you and you have to like put the motion in your head sometimes, but other times they're showing like the, the full sequence of each one of the attacks. And I, I think that that is done better inside of some of the, the newer manga that I'm reading, but that's, that's me. Blake has other opinions. Yeah. Inter- I, I think, uh, so I think I disagree with you. Um, from the perspective that I had a, uh, an obviously much better time reading this. Uh, I don't disagree with you from the perspective of thinking that like what you have said is incorrect. So I completely see where you're coming from. I just experienced it differently. So I would say, first of all, the first chapter is kind of in color in an interesting way. Uh, the first like two or three pages are I think full color. And then after that, there are like a, like two or three colors that are added to the pages and it may, it gives it a real interesting sort of artistic vibrancy that I really enjoyed. Um, it, of course, most manga is black and white and the subsequent chapters are black and white, but that was a really fun pop to start off the series. Um, so I would say, yeah, for, uh, you know, again, I did not pick this so much as, create a list of things. And I also was not quite sure that I was excited about or interested in reading the manga version of this anime that we have roundly dis, uh, un, not enjoyed, uh, actually pr- pretty actively disliked. Uh, but yeah, um, the first three episodes of part one, we really liked. Um, and the first three chapters of Part one are, you know, about an episode's worth of content, maybe a little more. So uh, I enjoyed it, but I will say, I think one thing I really agree with you on, Spencer, is that the plot line the first time around is surprising and the twists and turns and, you know, neither of us had ever seen or read JoJo's Bizarre Adventure at all when we picked it up. So like, you know, really having no concept of what to expect outside of this is a popular series made the first watch of the show, a really exciting thing and reading back through a plot that now I know where it's going. It wasn't as thrilling as I remembered it. Uh, I think it loses a lot in the uh, shock value that it brings, Um, which I would actually say now that I'm saying that out loud is probably a lot of the strength of Jojo's bizarre adventure, because a lot of things happen in the show that seem to happen because they are shocking and not because they are particularly plot relevant or interesting on their own. Um, And so I I suspect that the series loses a little bit of weight for that, for people who are more casual fans uh, or who are sort of reluctantly curious like Spencer and I are. Um, But the story is fine. Uh, The characters are 
very melodramatic. Like I was reading this and I was like, this is such a soap opera in a, in a different way. You know, manga and anime is very melodramatic in general, but it is melodramatic in the way that manga is melodramatic. Whereas this series, I think feels more like a Western soap opera sometimes uh, that then has like over the top manga shit happening in it. Um, with the art style, I, I think I see what you're saying, Spencer. I agree that he's not as great at showing motion all the time. Um, I would say for a good example of that, there's a so one of Super Eyepatch Wolf's earlier YouTube videos is called Why the Dragon Ball Z Manga is Great. And it goes into a lot of detail on panel layout and stuff like that. Um, and I would check that out. There's also the genius of Dragon Ball uh, but the manga one, I think, is the one where he goes more into the ways that Akira Toriyama lays out a page. Oh, yeah, man. Um, He's a fucking yeah. master at it, dude. It, like, Yeah, he knows how to make such simple use of like the art and the lines and then the positions of the characters to just not only display movement, but sometimes to show like multiple steps of movement in a single panel. It, it's truly incredible when you watch watch a breakdown of that. I really enjoyed that. So... Araki, I don't think has that skill. Um, and I know I've seen different people talking about the JoJo's manga and how like he is a very unskilled manga artist when he starts. And I think that's true. Um, I would say the show picks a style that seems to me, from what I know of the series, to be closer to the style that Araki settles into. Uh, and this is something you see with a lot of artists, especially in Western comics, where they kind of start out doing an inherited style or uh, in, in the cases of like Marvel and DC, they'll do what's called a house style, which is where the artists aren't trying to do the style that that artist does, but rather a sort of generic, relatively realistic looking artwork that is, you know, indicative of most of the comics of that house. Um for manga, that's less common, but you can see things like this, which is what I what I suspect is happening, where Araki doesn't have as strong of a style, and he's finding it. And what you get with this anthology series is that these characters will evolve over time because he has these massive breaks in which he is allowed to do complete redesigns of his artistic style. So what I'm guessing is that by the time part three rolls around, you have the much more angular, stylized versions of these characters and that's what you see in the ma or in the anime and i think they redesigned the characters in the anime to match that style so the characters are much more angular much more lined and one of the things that i really liked about the artwork here is that things are much softer there are much more rounded lines and edges and it looks like an 80s manga which it is it came out in 1987 um, but I, I kind of was charmed by that, um, older style of manga that you see, not quite Astro Boy, that's going back pretty far, but like Saint Seiya also has this, where the characters are shonen protagonists, but they've got those big round eyes, you know, and just things that the way that we do those things now are different. Even Dragon Ball is going to update them in about the same time period. But, you know, you look at Jojo's face in these panels and it looks more like a character out of Astro Boy or Saint Seiya or something like that than a character out of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. But there's a sort of soft boyishness to it that I really appreciated and that I thought worked with the sort of fraught childhood story of these early chapters. 
So I think I see where you're coming from. And I really appreciate the sort of like wacky artistic stylings that the show utilizes. But I quite enjoyed the older style of artwork. And I thought that it was rough, but pretty nice to look at nonetheless. Yeah. So I would say if you if you didn't enjoy Jojo's Bizarre Adventure like us, I would consider checking out the manga to see if being able to read it at your own pace and being able to go through these moments, perhaps without some of the over the top voice acting, if that was a turnoff for you, you may find that the manga is easier to stomach and you might end up liking it. Um, But I would say that, you know, if you are like us and you were frustrated with the series, a lot of those frustrations comes from the plot itself and the writing and uh, I don't think the manga is going to fix any of that. Uh, in fact, I've seen some comments on the internet that makes it sound like the anime fixes some of the manga's plot holes, which is wild to think about because the anime is plot hole central. So, uh, yeah, I, I I would actually give this one a tentative suggestion or recommendation based on your past experience with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But if you hate it, this isn't going to fix it for you. If you love it, you're going to totally love this. Uh, And if you're like us in the middle, uh, you're probably going to end up where you started, but you might have a different experience. Yeah. Before we go into our screen time for the week, though, we have to remind you that we are still doing a giveaway of the DVD of Memories. It is an anime movie that is very, very good. Um, If you would like to be part of that giveaway, all you have to do is send over to us the keywords I remember um, through one of our social media platforms. Again, it's free. It's just a giveaway. So anyways, um, you don't even get put on a list or anything. We just, uh, we just track the information for the giveaway and it doesn't go anywhere after that. All right. So we don't uh, even have a newsletter. I keep uh, saying that because we probably should have. Yeah. Okay. So for our screen time, uh, we have a weird one. Um, this one is called serial experiments lane. Um, and it is, intense to say the least uh the the first couple of episodes don't even get to as crazy as it actually is (laughs) like i've seen the show all the way through before um so i'm i'm re-watching it as as part of this um i watched this when i was on the same kick of watching um really cerebral cerebral attacking anime um something like a you know an evangelion um, or something like uh, Paranoia Agent are good examples mm-hmm. of that. Even something like a, like Paprika or, um, or uh, Ghost in the Shell um, is going to give you kind of like the, the same feel as this. Um, but Serial Experiment Lane is going to go uh, a, lot, a lot deeper into the craziness. Um, uh, imagine imagine uh, a digital world um, where... Uh, Instead of uh, there being Ooh. fun little monsters that come with you, instead it's the uh, it's the memories and the ghosts of people that have died. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of. Well, I was going to say it's kind of Ghost in the Shell, but it's more Ghost in the Shell's title than anything else. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say closer to something like you know, like a Boogie Pop Phantom or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a real cerebral, cerebral thriller. Um, I would, I, I close to saying horror, but it is, 
it's definitely closer to a thriller than a horror. Um, but it is, it is definitely going to mess with your head. Um, yeah. Thrillers and horror really walk a a fine line sometimes. And this Mm -hmm. is super creepy and unsettling, but is not horror. Yeah. I, I would say that the biggest takeaway from this show, um, as somebody who has seen it all the way through is that, um, number one, if you ever go online and you see people's like, I'm explaining what serial experiment lane meant, uh, you shouldn't do that. And this is the biggest reason why. Um, the way that this uh, anime was created, it was in a way to leave you asking questions by the end of it um, and coming up with your own opinion and also having conversations with other anime viewers. So I would say if this is if you are somebody who watches anime with a friend of yours or watches it with like a a watch team um, or not a watch team, but like a group of people that watches together, um, I I would say this is going to be like a good one for our discord if people want to do this for like their viewing party sort of thing. Um, if, if you're into thrillers and you want to watch it with a group of people, it's going to be one that like after each one of the episodes, you're probably going to be able to have like that water cooler conversation, which is so much fun after like really intense, uh, viewings, which this one definitely is. Um, Blake and I had yeah. this great moment when we, when we first watched the Babadook together, um, and had this like <laughs> long conversation afterwards about like how we felt and what it meant and like uh this like breakdown of where we f- you know what where we were after the film you know um we also did it after uh ex machina remember when we saw that um oh, man. and there's like yeah it just it leaves you so unsettled and because it leaves you so unsettled at the end of it you need to decompress with somebody else and that's why i think this one is a really good watch with somebody else that you can go through it with because people are online are just going to give you like they're going to try to just break it down and figure it out and figure out the facts but i don't i think that takes out some of the fun of the the filmmaker and i say filmmaker because this is this very much feels like an art house film um like an art house thriller film that makes you it leaves you with more questions than it answers at the end of it um and i think that that's one of the strengths of serial experiments lane um it also is going to give you some uh, truly brutal moments um, because the main character, uh, she has, uh, I, I believe, I believe it's confirmed inside of the show. I don't believe it's confirmed in the first couple of episodes, but I think she has dissociative identity disorder, um, which basically means that you have two personalities within you um, and one personality uh, when one personality is, is awake the other one is unaware that the other one exists and because of that um there is um there is like this disconnect inside of the character who's basically trying to like um track down the things that she has done when she is not herself um and it's 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 really trippy um it also deals a lot with like what is the internet and what is the i think they i think it's just called the net or something inside of the show um because when i originally watched it it was the the subtitle version i don't completely remember i watched the dub version this time and it's Mm. not as good um (laughs) (laughs) um but it it it's definitely one of those that's just like wired is what they call it yeah the wired and it's like it's basically just like super internet um and it is 
It is crazy. What what was your feeling from it? Because I don't think you've ever seen it before. Yeah, I have not seen it. Uh, so this is a 1998 series, so it's definitely older. It feels a little bit older, but it also feels very highly produced uh, from the perspective of like the animation quality is very good. There are strong, interesting artistic decisions being made and the corners being cut are are pretty blended if that makes sense like you're not you're not sitting there and watching like frame rate drops or animation quality drop like the way that they do it they weave it into the sort of the storytelling so that you don't really notice the times in which they're doing fewer fewer drawings to save money and i just thought overall it was gorgeous to to the extent like you said spencer that this feels more like a movie um or comparable to like a cowboy bebop where you you're just like the art was part of what they were going for here. Yeah, it's um, it's really stunning. Yeah, so I I watched the first 3 episodes out of 13 uh and yeah, my my reaction was I really don't know what's going on. I can kind of sense a direction, but this is the kind of, you know, it it is a thriller series, so sensing a direction doesn't always mean anything. Uh, it's also an anime, so, uh, you know, if you have watched a lot of anime, a particularly anime that are intentionally trying to be, you know, psychological and philosophical, uh, often they really veer. And what you thought was going to happen just gets thrown out the window for some whack-ass shit. So I don't know what's going to happen in the series. I will say that, like I said, uh, there's a very clear sense of unsettled almost dread happening here um it's very much again like i said earlier there's a there's a real fine line between thrillers and horror movies they kind of titillate you in this in similar ways and um because of that there can be a kind of like sliding spectrum of where the thriller lands on and the reason i think that a lot of thrillers feel like you know horror movies once removed or whatever it is it is that they are often dealing with unsettling upsetting things or people so you know you you get people that seem unhinged or are doing unhinged or dangerous things you get stuff like you know i don't know a lot of serial killer investigation stories are, are thrillers um so serial experiments lane kind of is that just shy of being a horror zone of thriller where the things that are happening are pretty fucked up and you feel like when you find out what's going to go on, you're only going to be more horrified, but not that it will turn into a full on horror or that there is some sort of monster or something like that. Um, but I, yeah, I, I thought that that tone that it set was really fascinating. Uh, I love a good thriller and this pulled me in and I think that worked in its favor because otherwise the plot is I think one things that pe- one of the things that people do when they're trying to write a mysterious narrative is that they get real mysterious with it and they go out of their way to make characters behaviors and experiences and dialogue intentionally hard to figure out and I don't like that because I think that it is less about writing a good mystery and more about writing mysteriously on purpose and one of them is a fun experience because you can piece things together 
and one of them is an author trying to make you confused to fabricate the experience of mystery. And this is almost that second one, that that one that I don't like, but I don't think it quite makes it there, partly on the merits of being an anime and me having different expectations from mysterious anime and expecting them to be more obtuse and more mysterious than, you know, I don't know, Harry Potter comes to mind as a good mystery series that does it well. Uh, So I think that, uh, I think that if it weren't for the sort of deft tone and the high quality of the production, I think I would not have liked this. As it is, I found it extremely compelling. And even though the plot moves at a snail's pace, it keeps you invested because the mystery just seems so intriguing. Yeah. And we'll also say it is a 1998 series. And so its relationship with the internet is fascinating. Oh, yeah. Because the the things that it's commenting on are now, you know, 22, 23 years in hindsight. And so it's interesting to look at this as a series that is posing philosophical questions and suppositions about our digital future. And now we are living in what, what I would argue if I'm interpreting where this is going correctly as that future's future, like, and, and it's fascinating. And so I think this show is just an intriguing series overall. Um, I also was so intrigued. And it was also one of those things where sometimes when I don't know quite where a series is going, I will look for a production section on Wikipedia. And this has one. And a couple of interesting things. The creator, so this is a mom, this was an anime first. It was made to be an anime, but not only that, it was made to be a sort of multimedia thing. So they made an anime, they made a game. The game was actually written first, although it ended up being released second because of production delays. Uh, Or, I don't know, not delays necessarily, but the requirements to make a game versus an anime, it took them longer. Uh, But there was also a doujenshi, which is is a type of novel. And all of these things were released and intended to be consumed to get a complete picture of what's going on. So the anime is going to leave you with questions, in part because the creator wants you to look for those answers in other media forms that they also made as a part of this. Hmm. Um, That's really interesting. Uh, A little frustrating, I guess, but uh, you can always find those answers online afterward if you're curious or talk to other people. I definitely think Spencer's right about this being a good one to just sort of talk about because it's it's really mired and rooted in philosophy rather than, uh, I don't know, answers. Um, It's also interesting. I thought this was fascinating. So the producer indicated... Uh, that he that this was sort of about a he he wanted the series to be experienced in different ways by American viewers than by Japanese viewers because of the differences in our culture and was frustrated to find that American viewers and Japanese viewers took it about the same way. Um, I thought that was interesting and kind of funny because it, it seems like he perceived a cultural difference uh, that wasn't there, which obviously our cultures are quite different. Uh, But whatever difference he was trying to play on here, I don't think we were as different as he thought we would be. That's really fascinating. Um, They also evoked 
Uh, like there were several interviews that asked if they were influenced by Neon Genesis Evangelion because of the themes and the visual design. And uh, the uh, writer actually was like, no, I didn't even see Evangelion until I finished writing the fourth episode. So it's interesting that these series have a lot of DNA in common because they were being created kind of concurrently, but not actually being influenced by each other uh, in a direct way. So I just think the story around this series is interesting. The story of this series seems to be interesting and I would encourage people to check it out. If you are interested in a sort of creepy psychological thriller, that is a lot about like philosophizing rather than potentially answering your questions. Yeah. So with all that being said, stick with us after these credits to get another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Don't fall into the net, fall into the net, fall into the net. Don't do it, because maybe you'll get a Digimon, or maybe you'll get murdered. (laughs) That's not a great deal.